Welcome to the Growth Lab. I am Tej Singh, personal growth enthusiast, world traveler, sales professional on a spiritual journey to live my highest expression. This podcast is meant for individuals looking to evolve in all aspects of their lives. I interview leaders and coaches that have a passion to grow beyond the status quo and expand into their highest potential. Let's dive into it as we help you get 1% better with every episode. What's up, everyone? Excited to announce our guest for episode 23, Brian Hines. Brian has his own coaching practice and has recently created the Manifestation Mastermind to empower others to leave the rat race that he had once experienced. His mission is to help sales reps, sales leaders, and entrepreneurs discover their gifts and create a vision that is aligned with those gifts and empower them to create and manifest a life on their own terms and no one else's. He also works as an account executive at a startup called Venlo, the leading buying group in the e-commerce space. Previous to that, he worked as a senior director of strategic relationships at Abundant Mastermind for sales professionals. In this episode, we cover how Brian's childhood programmed him into thinking finance was the right career for him. Secondly, the importance of taking chances and asking yourself deep questions to identify your true path in life. Thirdly, specific questions you can ask yourself to identify the impact you're supposed to have on this world. And then finally, what is the Manifestation Mastermind and why Brian started it? Now, this was a great episode with Brian. I'm really looking forward for you guys to listen in. So let's wait no further and let's dive right in. Brian, thank you for joining an episode of Growth Lab. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Tage. It's great to, uh, to reconnect with you after after a couple of years, man. Thanks for yeah. Me. Yeah, it's been it's been a couple of years, right? Time time flies. Uh, and I appreciate you coming on today. I think this is going to be a really good episode. We were, you know, kind of strategizing on 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 um, some of the things we can talk about and, and some things have changed from the last time we interacted together. We actually, Brian and I met uh, through through a mastermind um, called Abundant. Um, and, and him and I were a part of it. He actually worked there uh, at, at the time. So I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit as we talk. But I think a good starting point, Brian, would be um, to talk a little bit about your childhood and getting your first internship. I think that's like a really good platform for the rest of the conversation. And I think there's some pieces in there that will be impactful for people to kind of uh, hear about you. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I grew up in a a pretty affluent area right outside of Chicago. And it was um, very, very grateful for the way I grew up. Grew up with you know, great parents, great brothers. Um, you know, the community was really tight knit. It was a small town. Uh, but one thing we noticed at a really young age was um, how much money there was all over the place. You know, there, there were nice cars. I went to nice houses. Um, you know, fortunately I, I was very lucky uh, from that perspective as well. Um, and, you know, my, my father and my mom did, uh, very well growing up. And so that was, that was the way we grew up and, um, you know, went to a, a really great public school. And, you know, whenever we, whenever we'd hang out, you know, we were again, driving in these, um, jumping around in these fancy cars. So money was definitely a thing at an early age, you know, subconsciously or consciously. And, 
So our perspective of money was, in my view, a lot different than, than a lot of other people's. And so um, growing up, that was definitely a factor in how um, I believed I should live my life was, was money. And I think money became, you know, and, and a lot of the, you know, my parents actually um, tried to keep me humble and, and were very vocal about it. But even so, when you're at school for eight hours a day with a bunch of kids and you're all showing yourself the new, um, the new iPhone, the new PSP, the new gaming system and, you know, what your parents got you, um, you know, I grew up with a lot of spoiled brats. And, and uh, you know, fortunately, my, again, my, my parents, um, while I was really grateful, I think, like, I, I owe a lot to them for, uh, you know, keeping me on track. But again, that was really influential. So you know, when I went to high school, I worked my tail off. And it, in, in high school, um, the thing with growing up in this area was that there were all these social pressures to make all this money. And so for those, um, some people took that and ran with it. So there was really heavy competition in my high school. And high school was really hard uh, if you, if you um, embraced it head on. So those people that took it and ran with it and just studied their tails off, made sure they had all their extracurriculars, made sure they got in the Ivy League school and um, so that they can follow in the footsteps of their parents. There was another section um, that turned to drugs and alcohol. And, you know, they, in a lot of ways, there were sort of the, um, you know, two sides of the same coin. You know, they were really feeling the pressure and then sort of split. And so there's a reason why my high school actually was, although we grew up in an affluent area, was well known for um, being druggies as well. So we had, you know, it was, there was, there were both of those things. And for me personally, I actually was in both groups. You know, I turned to drugs a lot um, and I was working my tail off. You know, I'd, I'd skip hanging out with my friends on weekends to make sure that I had finished my work, make sure I got good grades. And so um, I was stressed out a lot in high school. I mean, I think everybody is, but, um, you know, fortunately I, I did learn a lot of great habits and studying, et cetera. So, you know, I went to school at Michigan. I was in their, the business school, undergraduate business school. And when you get there, it was sort of the same thing as high school, you know, just a lot of, um, you know, wealthy guys and women that wanted to be like their parents. And they were just like, you know, a lot of people within the business school are always wearing suit and ties. And so it was established pretty early on that, you know, this is what it is like to be successful. It's going into one of the big four accounting firms. It is going into a major investment bank. It's doing some sort of consulting. Um, and, you know, a, a big part of all of that was um, working your tail off. And so there was a lot of work hard, play hard too, that, that I had in high school. Um, and so a lot of ways I sort of felt at home, there were a lot of people like me where there was, you know, work hard, play hard mindset and no one questioned it. No one questioned the, um, you know, why we were doing what we were doing. The main thing was how much are we going to make? What was our base salary and what was possible for us after five to 10 years of, um, working our tails off? And so um, when it came to the internship between my junior and my senior year uh, in the summer, there was a lot of pressure on all of us. We were constantly, you know, we were 
sort of trying to have a social life too, because I was in a fraternity doing that whole thing. Um, but I was also studying for interviews and doing classes, which a lot of people are doing throughout the country, but especially in this business school, it was, it was really competitive. And so, um, you know, I spent hours studying finance and the stock market, depending on what exact job I was, I was interviewing for. But what I find really funny looking back on it is that I spent hours and hours studying or preparing for questions about myself. So how could I prepare um, to uh, look like a business-like person, a professional, a wealthy person? And so I had answers to questions like, you know, how would your friends describe you in three words? Um, and I made up some words that just, they would not describe me as, you know, my, my close friends. Um, you know, how, what was your childhood like growing up? I needed it to be geared, you know, my dad came up in finance um, and so did everybody, so did everybody that I grew up with essentially. So, you know, I sort of made up the fact that I was interested in finance from a young age because my dad was, which wasn't true at all. Um, quite frankly, like I was, I knew a lot about it. Um, I was talented in it. You know, him and I had talked about stocks growing up all the time. So all my brothers are pretty well versed in how the stock market worked up until that point. Um, but, you know, I was, I was preparing myself to be a phony, essentially. And so, um, you know, these, these are things that I sort of knew at the time, but I, uh, and there was some resistance too, but I, I pushed through um, all the time because I didn't know anything else. Um, so fortunate enough, I was, I was able to go out to New York, have what's called a super day. And I got a, I got a job with Deutsche Bank at 60 Wall Street in New York City. And it was definitely something I, I talked about a lot because, um, you know, part of me was like, thank God, you know, there was a sense of relief. Thank God. I finally like, it's all, I've been working my tail off up to this point And I, you know, I finally got that job. And, uh, you know, people were congratulating me and I felt really good about myself. Um, and, you know, when I went out to uh, New York to actually do the internship, um, I'm not going to get into like exactly what went on, but there was some set, some sketchy stuff that went on with, within the, within the bank. And, um, you know, I was working weekends and it was, uh, you know, I was working with a lot of really smart Ivy League kids that when I dug a little bit were just, they didn't really know why they were there either other than the fact that they went to Ivy League schools and this is what's required and this is the next step in life. So um, a lot of it for us that I realized was checking the boxes, you know, getting into a good school, good college, good job. And, you know, I was fortunate enough to have the resources growing up to have that opportunity. So I was definitely grateful for that. And I knew that all along. Um, so I was very conscious to that fact. So got to that internship and, um, yeah, hated it. And I, I was in such a relief um, to be finished with it. Um, and, you know, I had gotten offers to come back and everything. And it was just, it just didn't feel uh, great at all. So, um, you know, I thought, okay, hey, maybe it's not, maybe it's, maybe it's not the role. Maybe it's just this bank. Like the bank was a little sketchy. I didn't like really connect with the people. Um, and so I started re-interviewing. I'm like, you know, hey, I, you know, I have all this stuff on my resume. 
And as I'm interviewing, every interview was the same. I felt like a phony, you know, dressed in a suit and tie. And, you know, I didn't know the people interviewing me, but I could tell they weren't their authentic selves either. Obviously they're putting on, um, you know, a front. It was a bona fide charade, essentially, from, from my perspective. So um, at that point I felt really lost. And so I, I you know, I, I was confused as to what to do next. And it was a really stressful situation because, you know, I, I was telling my friends, I was like, guys, I hated this. Like, I didn't want this bank. And they're like, yeah, then don't do it. And, and I'm like, yeah, but you know, what's next for me? I, you know, all this money in college and, and, you know, this is where I'm supposed to go. But at that point I was, I was confused. I was lost for sure. Yeah. So it's almost like, you know, the, the, the kind of the story of, of, being put on the box from a young age, right? Like as you're, as you're explaining, as you're kind of going through that, right? Like you felt that was the thing you were supposed to do, not really, you know, connecting to what it is that you wanted to do, right? And, and that became, and I mean, good on you to, to figure that out at an early, early time, you know, early age, some people go through their whole life and, and then get to the point that says, shit, like, <laughs> this isn't really what I wanted to do, you know, or, you know, I just spent my whole life doing something that I'm not really passionate about. Uh, so, so, you know, you, you, you found that out at a, at a, at an early stage, you know, so where did you go from there? You know, once you sort of found that, and I know that's like, I can relate in some ways, uh, but just having that identity crisis, right? Like when you're not really sure what it is that you should be doing. But at the same time, you've spent your whole life leading up to this one thing, right? So like, what was your, what was your pivot? Like, like what happened from there? Right. Yeah. I, I, uh, everybody in my circle at the time was in finance. You know, I had, I had, you know, uncles, I had an uncle and aunt that worked at, you know, JP Morgan and my uncle's very high up at JP Morgan. I had my dad who was in finance. He's only known stocks. He actually, um, he didn't, he finished college a year late because he was so obsessed with the stock market and working on the trading floor and the mathematics behind it. And he did really well at the age of 22 that he, like, that was his life. Um, he ended up obviously going, going back to, to school, finishing his last semester. But when he, when he, uh, he extended his summer, so to speak, and missed his first semester senior year. Um, so that was his life. And then my, my parents were both at, um, on the, on the, um, at the Merck downtown in Chicago together. Um, that's not how exactly they met, but they happened to both work on, on the floor. So that, that was my inner circle. And so I thought back to, and this is something I sort of passed by in my head, but after my senior year of high school, I needed a job. And my buddy told me about um, selling cut cone knives. And my parents were like, hey, you need a job you got to get a job. And I was going to do, it's going to work at the park district, um, selling hot dogs. And, uh, you know, I had some connections there. I was dating a girl at the time whose, whose dad knew someone that could just get me, get me a job to give me something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> from from wall street to selling hot dogs. <laughs> yeah. but this was, remember, this was after senior year of, uh, high school. To oh, be, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, this is the year of high school. So I was thinking back to that time, of, uh, you know, you know, what, what did I do then when I was confused? I was like, what do I do? You know, I need a job. What do I do? 
And so uh, my buddy told me about this Cutco knife thing. And he's like, yeah, man, just go interview. You sell knives. People have made this amount of money. And I'm like, ooh, money. Great. I didn't even, knives? Okay, I can do it. Yeah, I think I've heard of Cutco. Cool. Let's do it. Um, and when I, when I interviewed, got the role and uh, just started, they're like, this is what you need to do to make this much money. This is how many calls you need to make. I'm like, that's so simple. This is so you know, it, it was just so different. The idea of sales mm-hmm. um, was just very, not many people were in sales in, in my area, um, you know, and because sales, there's a little, there's a lot more uncertainty with sales. I grew up with a lot of certainty. There's a lot of uncertainty in sales. So um, did really well that summer. And so my manager at the time who pushed me to make a lot of money um was a guy named Ben, Ben Skemper. And so I called him up after four years of, and so fast forward to, you know, middle of my senior year when I was all confused and reached out to him. And I just told him, I'm like, and he knew sort of the trajectory I was going in. Cause I, when I didn't come back the following summer, I'm like, yeah, I want to travel. I want to work on finance and what have you, like, this is my path. So I called him up and I explained to him what was going on. And uh, we talked for, for a while. He gave me some great perspective outside of my inner circle. And so ultimately we, uh, you know, we spoke a couple times. And at one point he's like, hey man, you know, I'm starting this, this um, I've started this company out in San Francisco with a couple of guys, um, you know, let me know his exact words I remember. Well, let me know if that, if you want to throw your hat in the, into the ring for being a part of it. Mm-hmm. And so, um, from there, I, I was like, you know what, for whatever reason, I'm like, yeah, I'll go out and meet the guys. Yeah. Yeah. So, that, so you took, you took that chance, right? You took that chance. And it's, 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 it's quite funny how, like, you know, in the conversations I've had, um, you know, when people talk about their journey, it's like that, that pivotal point, or it's, it's, it's always that thing that you didn't expect that you kind of went after. And then it kind of opens up a whole new kind of channel, a whole new area for you. So where did you move? You moved to SF. Is that right? Yeah. So, so I went out and I met the guys and it was, it was uh, different. Let's say it was, uh, I was used to suit and ties. Obviously I was, I was used to formal interviews. I was into, or I was used to not into, I was used to, uh, you know, again, a lot of certainty, a lot of structure. And so when I went out there, um, admittedly, there wasn't that much structure. It was pretty, I remember we went to a sushi place and people, I mean, they were asking me sort of bigger questions. And it was the first time, instead of using my mind uh, to, to, to make decisions, like my mind had told me certainty, money, uh, finance, et cetera. So I already had, I was already programmed and this was a time for me to step outside of that. And there was this, there's this intuition. It was the first time I think I really consciously used my intuition to, to go out there. And they told me a little about, a little bit about what the role was like. They told me a little bit about what the vision they were building was like. Um, and I'm like, and I had never, I think I'd been to San Francisco one time in high school when I was doing a debate policy debate. Um, but I had only been out there for a second. So I'm like, it's a whole new city, whole new life. And there's a big part of me too, that wanted to get out of New York and Chicago, where a lot of my high school and college friends were, were going back into. 
Um, the work hard, play hard, nine to five. Let's get messed up on the weekend to justify to justify what we do during the week. Um, you know, I had done all that. I had, there was definitely a part of me that was really conscious that, like, I don't want. And I, when I was in New York, I was doing that a lot too. Like, I was really partying a lot on the weekends um, because that's what you know. Like the Ivy League kids were doing it. You know, my college friends were doing it. Like, it, it was just the culture. Um, and I wanted out of that. You know, I I. Uh, done enough drugs in my life up to that point <laughs> uh, I felt for a whole lifetime to be honest and it was uh you know that was something I was done with so there was a part of me too that really wanted to flip over a new page and um again there was just some something intuitively I wasn't into meditation um you know I wasn't spiritual at the time I wasn't any of those things you know I was still you know a frat guy at heart uh at that time but I just knew I wanted to change. And so I wanted to get out of the Chicago, LA, uh, New York city. Cause that's where a lot of my high school and college friends were going and, and San Francisco and this company, um, Epic impact, which is now abundant shout out to them, um, offered me something different. And so it was, uh, it was really embracing uncertainty. And, you know, my, my income was less than half of what I was going to make at least for, for that year was less than half than what I was going to make at in the finance role. So I really embraced that head on. And um, right now I couldn't actually really tell you the exact reason why other than, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to start something new. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There's something in there that you said that I found interesting. You know, you said that was the first time in your life you stepped outside of your mind to follow your intuition, right? So, and it's probably hard to kind of discern like how that, you know, came about. Was it, and you said, you know, when you went to the sushi restaurant, they asked you some specific questions, you know, uh, were they, were, were they the questions that were asked that allowed you to think bigger? Was that what allowed you to tap into the, like, what was the thing that allowed you to say, you know what, like, let me shut this off just for a minute here. <laughs> There's gotta be something more. So what, what, what got you there? Yeah. And I think that's a really good point. I remember specifically Ben saying, and it was, it was something I had felt, but I didn't know how to put it into words. It was him saying, is there a reason why you're here right now? Why you feel you're here right now that you can't put into words? And I'm like, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. And it was, it was, and they started asking me other questions like, you know, what do you, what do you really want? And at the time I still wanted money for sure. At the time, like money was still definitely a priority, but I just knew I wanted something fresh. So they didn't ask me questions around money because um, I was going to step into a sales role, which is how Ben knew me. Um, it, it was more asking uh, bigger questions and it, it, the, the fresh perspective was really amazing. It had me step, step out of the programming. I'm going to call it programming because that's what it is. Um, that had been ingrained at me at such a young age, for better or for worse, it was just the way it happened. Um, to, to step out of that perspective, and and it was, you know, it was a couple powerful questions. It was, it was, do you feel this way? Like there, there's a reason why you're here that you can't explain. Uh, and I said, yeah, which made me feeling that way okay. And so I, I kind of settled. Um, and then it was like, what do you really want? And I didn't know what I really. And so that's what they offered me was clarity around that. 
Um, you know, they said that you'll have the opportunity or money for sure, but, but um, you know, in the shorter term, it will be clarity around, around those things. And I didn't know, you know, I'd worked with Tony Robbins. I'd done some Tony Robbins stuff. So I was, I had, I hadn't worked with Tony Robbins, but I had, I had like listened to him a little bit while I was with Cutco in the sales realm. So I was relatively familiar with some of that stuff for sure. Um, but I didn't, you know, that there was a whole new world that some of those questions um, brought to me as I stepped out of, as you mentioned, that stepped out of my mind of how I'd been programmed. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the, the clarity piece that you, you bring up, you know, now that I reflect back at my life, you know, I think it's worth so much more than any monetary value, clarity around uh, who you are, clarity around kind of finding, finding yourself, right. And, and those things can be, you know, kind of cliche or, or vague, you know, and, and when you, when you talk about them, uh, but when you, when you go through a sort of a journey that way, and you do get more clarity, not in the sense of what, what it is that you're supposed to be doing, but more so who you are kind of uh, it's, it's, it's invaluable, you know, when you can get there. So for you, what did that look like? Did you, so I'm assuming you joined, right? Like it sounds, it sounds like you, you joined with them. And, and as I know, as I reflect back on that, what did it look like for you? Did you start to, how did you start to get clarity around that piece? And another thing to kind of just sprinkle in there, perhaps you can talk about is the, the money aspect too, you know, cause you and I were talking about it previously was the, the not having just money as being the vision. So I'm assuming as part of you finding out more about yourself, that vision started to change as well. So, so if you can combine those two and, and answer that, would be great. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. That, that was, that was big. And, and there, there was a part of me too, that, you know, I think there's a part of everybody to, to take a step back um, that wants, they're very anxious to want everything right now. And so what ultimately I, I was like, man, I, I want the clarity and I want the money. And so that's <laughs> like, I, and I want these right now. And so it's like, how can I get these as quickly as possible? But what I think uh, joining allowed me to do, and then I'll talk specifically about what, what that meant for me personally, was trusting the process and playing the long game and um, getting that, you know, deprogramming the, the stuff I had been programmed with around money. And so what I soon discovered for sure is that money is not a vision. And this is one of the main um, topics of what inspired me to create my own thing was that there are too many people, and I, I was one of those people for sure, um, that believe that that number you're going after, whether it's you know 100,000 or a million or 20 million, um, is all there is. And you know the, some of these questions as I joined, um, joined this company helped me get out of that. And so I, I wanna explain a little bit about the company too because they were extremely impactful in, in my, what I'll call transformation. And that is, is that was a big part of, of what they did too, is that um, there are people that had found a lot of success and had come to realize that life is about more than what they believe is success. You know, we used to write, uh, when I was with them, I remember writing success with a couple money signs at the end. Like this is what people think of as success. And 
um, you know, I soon came to realize that, you know, after meeting all these people that had made a lot of money, you know, the, the only people I had known were parents, you know, so you don't really talk to them about, about intimate stuff, right? And, and then there were people my age, but I hadn't met anybody that was, that were like five to 10 years older than me, because I was the oldest in my family. And so in meeting these people, they had made several hundred thousand dollars a year. And these are clients now of this, of this company, um, Epic Impact now called Abundant. And hearing their stories of how, man, they had the same problems as someone who's earning $15,000 a year. You know, those problems still come up. And a big piece of that is because they don't know what, who they are necessarily, right? They've been programmed in different ways, but in a lot of the same ways they're in the same way, but in different sort of methods that I had been uh, programmed growing up and in, in going after money with social media and everything. I mean, it's everywhere to believe that that superficial stuff is, is the answer. So for me personally, I, I got clear on, um, I started to ask myself those questions. Like I wasn't clear necessarily um, over that, that first year, but those questions were dropping in. Um, and as much as I wanted that clarity right up front, um, it was asking myself those big questions that that company offered me that, that was ultimately, um, really, really impactful for me. Gotcha. Gotcha. So it was the, um, it was the opening of a perspective, right? Like a different view on, on the world and almost that deprogramming piece is, is, is tough, you know, because it's ingrained in you, uh, just not in you. It's, it's ingrained in society and everyone that you're around. Right. So to kind of come out of that and, uh, be able to see a bigger perspective is difficult, right? But I think that one of the best ways to do that is surround yourself with people that have a higher perspective and a bigger perspective. And, you know, I hear it time and time and over again, individuals, and, you know, I was a part of this group too with, with Brian, right? I, Brian was working there. I had joined uh, Epic Impact at the time now called Abundant. Um, and essentially they're a mastermind, right? Mastermind of sales professionals and entrepreneurs who would come together uh, to identify who they are, right? There is more than just the monetary amount that they've earned, right? So you know, that was kind of the, the, the thread of it all, right? And um, it seems to me, Brian, like as you were working there, you're also going through that journey with us, right? The, you're, you're, go, you're going through the journey of identifying uh, really who you were and, 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 you know, the impact that you wanted to have in the world, right? And, and you talk about the money not being a vision, right? And I think, money is important, right? Money is an important piece. And I, uh, you know, when you think about people being in sales, right? A lot of folks listening to this and just otherwise, you know, money is a big attractor, right? It attracts you. And, and I believe money in itself, why you should pursue it. The only reason really is to, to grant you freedom to do other things, right? To, to really enjoy life. Now, how do you marry, uh, you know, kind of money being there? So if that's, a vision somebody has and it's kind of superficial because when you just get the money you're going to find that it's, there's always going to be more that you want right so if you get the one million you want two you get to two you want four and i've talked to people that have earned that much and yeah. they'll they'll say the same right like yeah. no matter what that amount is right like the 500 million is going to probably say they want a billion right like it's going to happen and in some ways i think if used in the right way it can be an external spell to pull you to a higher um higher platform right yeah. but if it's married with a, a higher perspective or a higher vision so how does one identify um 
you know, a, a higher vision for themselves if it just isn't money. And it's not, you know, it's not taught to us, right? Like to your story, Brian, like you, it wasn't taught to you in college, right? Nobody taught you that. It wasn't taught to your near family. Society wasn't teaching you it. So, you know, you have to kind of find an alternative way to find a group of people that was saying the same thing, right? But it's, it's very difficult to find for people. It's not a very easy thing to, to kind of say, I'm going to now have this higher perspective, right? It's not easily found. I think it's becoming more, more people are kind of speaking out against it, especially our generation. Um, but having said all of that, like, what would you say? Like, how did it happen for you to identify that higher vision? And what, how does one go about identifying that higher vision for themselves? Yeah, definitely. I think I was fortunate enough too. my, my role at that company was to enroll people into the mastermind. And um, it, it was a good amount of money. And so I had to get really good at going deep with people and asking them the deep questions. Mm -hmm. So I, I had been asked those questions, but you know, I'm 22, 23 years old and I'm asking 30, 35, 40 year olds about, you know, what's your relationship with your wife like? Mm -hmm. You know, going really deep. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not married. I wasn't dating anyone at the time, yeah. but really going deep. Um, with with these you know people that had made a lot of money with these really successful salespeople. Yeah. And can you give a can you give a couple of examples of, of some of the questions? I'm just curious. Some of the uh, questions uh, that you're questions. yeah that you're asking. Yeah. 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 I think it's uh, <laughs> I, I think it's important um, to talk about what do you want over the next year? What do you want over the next two three years? And get clear on all right at this point what, what what's important to them. Okay, let's say it's making $300,000 or $400,000, okay, over the course of the year. You want to go a level deeper, two levels deeper. Okay, what would earning, what, let's say you're making two hundred fifty now, you want to make $400,000 next year. What would earning $400,000 mean to you over the course of this next year? What would that provide for you? Okay, great. Who else would that impact? If you made $400,000, how, how else would that impact your family? Okay, great. Um, you know, let's say, let's say, you know, I, I spoke to a good amount of Christians, for example, you know, and tithing is very important. Awesome. If you made $400,000 and usually tithing's at 10%, you're able to donate $40,000 to, to the church or give $40,000 to the church or give to the, to the soup kitchen or give, what would that mean to you? And if you, if you feel into that, you know, let's say you're able to earn, uh, to give $40,000 over the course of this next year, right? Beyond that, right? How much would, how much is possible for you to give over the next five years? If you are given the skill sets and you ask yourself, the, ask yourself the deep questions on the impact you're here to make over this next year. And so you really get them thinking. And the big question too, after that is, how would that feel? And when, they, when they're attached to something like that emotionally, how would it feel to give $40,000, $50,000, $60,000 to the church or to those people in need? Um, it, it creates action. And it's, it gets them beyond their current paradigm of, okay, I want to earn $250,000 so I can um, you know, buy a car. Or some people don't even have that answer. You know, some people are like, because that's what society tells me. I just got to keep earning more so I can talk about it. So it gets them beyond that paradigm. And it's those deep, more intimate questions. You know, how would giving 
impacts, um, you know, what would you be able to do with your wife? You know, what sort of trips would you be able to do with your wife? What would that do for your relationship? It's those sorts of questions. Yeah, absolutely. I love those. And, you know, as you were going through that, you know, if somebody's listening in, you know, asking yourself the questions in that same format is impactful, right? Because uh, it's, it's, it's just a, just a, a pivot or a switch on money itself, right? Because you're talking about money, you're still pursuing the number, but then it's like, why is it that you're pursuing the number, right? And then going a step deeper, a step deeper and step deeper. And then also thinking about the impact that it can have on other people, right? Because that's a, that's a vision that's going to, that's going to pull you rather than you just pushing towards a number, right? So, so I, I love that line of questioning. And that's why I asked because somebody listening in could, could start to answer that themselves, you know? Um, okay. And then I think you were, you were continuing on the journey yourself. So I just wanted to kind of get to that really quickly, but yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. So I, I know a question you asked was what, what sort of questions uh, can, can I be um, asking myself as well? And I think just an in general question, if, if you're out there and you're, um, you're lost and you just need to answer some simple questions to get clear on or, or bring to your consciousness. I think answering the question, uh, what do I love? Like, what, what do I love in general? It could be anything. It could be professional, could be, could be personal, could be playing baseball, could be, could be anything along those lines. Uh, what am I good at? What, what am I really good at? What can I get paid for? You know, what, what, are, what are some things that I could get paid for? And the last piece is, what does the world need right now? And I think if you find, a, and if you have, you know, dozens of quick bullet point answers to those questions and you find some sort of intersection, you can understand, man, what is specifically, um, you know, what, what sort of impacts am I here to make in the world? And I think one thing I, I caution too around this is, Back to my, my journey, a big thing that I've been learning even today as I'm, you know, starting my own business and as I'm, um, you know, here to, to manifest this, this really big vision I have for myself right now is staying patient and trusting the process and trusting the unfolding um, that, that happens. But I think if we're conscious of these questions, the answers will unfold. Whereas if we're, we're stuck in our, own, in our own little paradigm and we're not asked these questions that, that take us beyond that paradigm, I think that's when we really get stuck. Yeah, yeah. And as you were talking through that, Brian, it's like, I think one thing you mentioned earlier too about, you know, it's, it's in our generation today, everyone wants the quick thing, right? Like we want everything to happen like that, you know, in, in the age of social media and, and our smartphones. Um, but the thing about, your vision and your purpose and, and kind of becoming the highest expression of yourself, it's only going to happen through living, right? I, I read a quote somewhere. It's like, your purpose can only be lived. You can't just identify it, right? Like you can just find it and be like, okay, I got it. It has to be lived. Like you, your purpose is you, uh, which will be lived throughout the course of your life, right? So you'll be 90 if you live that long and be like, okay, now I've lived my purpose till now. And then I have some left, you know, until you, until you die. Right. So, um, so, so, so I, I, I love that perspective and it's so important because in, in the personal growth space, and even when you think about kind of going down this path, 
of learning more about yourself, there's a, you know, there's that trap that you can fall into wanting to get that silver bullet answer. Like there's this one specific thing that you're going to do for the rest of your life. That yes. just doesn't happen because we evolve and change as time goes on. And, and that sort of starts to get externalized, right. As your internal state changes. But, but I love that kind of the, the four questions that you asked as you kind of identify, what is it that uh, truly lights you up? Right. Yeah. And, it, and it happens in different formats. Right. So maybe we can spend some time talking about that. Like for you, how did that start to manifest? Now, I know you're starting a coaching business and you, you referred to that a couple of times. So from, you know, going from abundant, uh, then was it did you start the coaching? Like what did it look like from there? And how did you get clarity around? OK, like I think coaching is something that I really want to do. Definitely. Yeah. So from there, um what ended up happening was, you know, okay, I, I've, I've asked myself these big questions, but I think to your point, one thing that uh, I was really grateful for when I moved to San Francisco, and if you're in San Francisco, you kind of know the vibe of San Francisco, was um, the importance of meditation uh, in my life. And I had some really wild uh, experiences around meditation, not involving any drugs, <laughs> uh, some really... Uh, yeah, wild experiences when I started to, to meet some people that were spiritual and had, you know, their lives were 180 degrees different than mine growing up. And so no one around in my neighborhood, I mean, some of them might go to yoga, but, but in terms of meditation and the importance of meditation, it, it wasn't really brought up and mentioned. So I think uh, to your point, one thing I learned when I started practicing deeper and, um, uh, you know, meeting these people and, you know, even going on really long silent retreats because I just felt like that's what I was pulled to intuitively um what I learned was to your point is that experience is um lived in the body or or, or, or it lives in the body I should say and a big part of the meditation I practice is called some somatic meditation where um you breathe in your d different parts of your body and things start to open up for you and when you start to follow, once your body wakes up, you start to follow that intuitive sense. And so um, I felt at that point that I, I had sort of an idea of what I wanted to do. I, I, I did have an idea like, hey, I've had conversations with hundreds of salespeople um, and I've made an impact just having these conversations, even if they didn't buy. You know, I, I know, I kind of understand what people are going through um, and, and it all boils down to a few things. And so from there, I felt at that point, I'm like, okay, great. So I, I've experienced the personal development realm, but I want to, I want to get my feet wet a little bit more in sales. Um, and, and perhaps just try something new, experience something new, you know, have my body experience something new. Um, and, and at that point, you know, there's some people that I had met and some guys, which are, they're awesome. Um, I had met in San Francisco and I actually moved, uh, I moved to Colorado. While I was still with Epic Impact slash Abundant. And then I moved to Arizona where I started working for a, in, uh, sales for an e-commerce shipping company. So just did, just flipped, you know, tried something new all together. And uh, from there, I, you know, I, I worked with a mentor myself because I wanted to, you know, I know the importance of investing in myself. And so I was still working on myself while working in a, a normal sales culture, because admittedly, I wouldn't call the abundant epic impact a, a normal sales culture. You know, we're, we're running, we're running events, there's some, uh, we were running events, and you know, I know they still are for, uh, 
um, you know, sales leaders, the stuff that we did, the activities we did was, was really different. Um, and I felt called to just jump into sales a little bit more straightforward sales while also working on myself while also still practicing meditation. Um, and, uh, you know, in learning something new, the whole e-commerce business, it was just really interesting. And it, I just wanted to try something out before something else out, um, before jumping into, um, personal development full time. So that, that's been, that's been, uh, really awesome learning the e-commerce field, but, um, you know, th there came a point about eight months ago where I really felt pulled in, uh, speaking to people with COVID and everything going on, um, that there is a lot of pain, uh, still going on. And I felt, um, if I may expand on what COVID meant to me uh, and what happened to me over, over the time, I think, uh, the e-commerce company, I, I ended up moving from, uh, Scottsdale back to Chicago, uh, where it all started. And so I came back to my original environment, um, having gone through this four-year journey, this, this meditation journey, this, this, this journey of, uh, self-development, this, this journey of introspection. And I, I come back to where it all started and I'm hanging out with, um, it's been awesome hanging, you know, being around my high school friends, you know, instead of hopping on the phone, I'm connecting with them in person, you know, every once in a while and college friends too, you know, I went to Michigan, but a lot of them are, are still in the Midwest, obviously. So um, it was great reconnecting with them. And what I found was um, there were a lot of people uh, in pain and over the course of COVID, when you're inside, what ends up happening is, is if, if you're in a, if you're living a life that's not fulfilling, it's really easy to distract yourself. So you get into this rhythm of waking up, brush your teeth, maybe you work out, maybe you do whatever, but then you go to work, you leave the house and then you come back and uh, I don't want to, I'll use the word escape work for a lot of people. Like, great, now I can come back to my home and then now I'm at home. Now, when you wake up, you face work while you're in your home. There's nowhere to go. There's nowhere to escape to. You're not leaving as much. And so individuals lack of fulfillment stares them square in the face more frequently and now daily because you're stuck in the house. Again, there's nowhere to go. And for me, I, um, I felt really good, fortunately, about where I was. And so I took COVID, this autonomy we have, and ran with it and started, started my own thing and really started ideating and poured my heart and my soul into something. When I saw and interacted with friends that, and now speaking with them, they had walked the path that I was on my way of walking, right? They're in those finance roles that I was on my way of, of getting into. Um, they're in investment banking. They are accountants. They are, and so they're stuck at home and I'll ask, hey, how's that going? And, you know, uh, they'll say, I often hate my life. You know, quote unquote, it was some very smart, amazing people. And, um, you know, at that point in speaking to them and, and also speaking to a lot of people and just feeling the energy of the world right now, I just felt it's time um, to help people or to help ask or to help people see uh, that perspective shift that I was so fortunate to receive at such a young age, 22, um, by asking them some of those deeper questions. And so that's where I got 
this pull to, to begin this company. And all of the stuff that I've created is all based on my experience and speaking to hundreds, it may be thousands, but we'll stick with hundreds, hundreds of salespeople at, at this point. And so that's what led me up to this point is all of those experiences and coming back into my environment that I started, that I came from um, and seeing uh, all of my loved ones, all, all of my great friends um, have that same lack of fulfillment uh, that I had, you know, at the age of 22 doing the investment banking interviews. So it's come full circle for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And, it, and it, that's gotta be like, you know, almost, almost staring in the face when you talk to some of your friends, like that could have been me, like <laughs> that, that would have been, that would have been me. And it's, it's very interesting when you do come back. Cause I, I had a similar kind of journey when I kind of went off and, you know, and traveled uh, for, for a good amount of time and then like returned back home. And it just, it's interesting because you, you return to the same environment, but then you see yourself change, like your, your inner, uh, inner perspective, how you see the world has shifted, but then everything around you is the same. So it's, it's a very uh, surreal feeling when you, when you come back in that way. Um, but it's also good because it shows you how much you've shifted and how much you've changed. And you can bring that perspective back to your point, to the people that you love and the people that are around you and just people just need that perspective, right? Because you can talk to them or you can meet them uh, where they are, right? Like you can meet them at that, at that perspective. So right now you've, you've, you started the coaching practice and you were talking about um, a mastermind, right? A, a manifestation mastermind that you've, you've started. So, you know, talk to us a, a little bit about that, like what that looks like and, you know, how are you, how are you looking to help people? And I suppose in, in conjunction with that, what does it look like for someone that is in an accounting job or is in a sales job? Is it, does it, you know, does this conversation mean that, you know, all those people, they need to go and, and, and go and start their own business or, you know, what does it look like for them as a, from a use case perspective? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think, uh, and that's a great question too. I, I think number one, the manifestation mastermind itself is like, okay, first of all, it needs to be virtual. How can I pour everything I've learned content and experience into uh, a six-week course and so the um the course consists of figuring out who you are essentially who you are the impact you're here to make which goes back to those four questions i asked earlier and, and then some and so and that impact means crafting a vision so it's how do how do i find out who i am what i'm naturally gifted at crafting a vision that's aligned with those gifts and then, okay, what sort of programming, and I think the, again, the word programming is important, do I have? And, and what, I, what you find is, is the programming lives in the subconscious. It actually runs 90 to 95% of your life um, and you don't even know it. And so it's, all right, how do I deprogram? A lot of the, the programs are no longer serving me and reprogram it in a way where I can start manifesting that life that's aligned with my gifts and that um, is going towards a lifelong vision that's making an impact and, you know, make the amount of money I want to make along the way. It's all about creating a life that's on your terms and nobody else's um, and really having a lot of sovereignty in that way so that you can make a greater impact. If you're living somebody else's life, you can't help other people out. It's, 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 or you can, you can try, but you'll be, um, you know, it's, it's, it'll be fake. It won't be authentic. 
And yeah. so it's a lot of it is, is really finding yourself. And so that's what, that's really what the course is. And um, towards the end too, I, I go into the, the influence piece. Like how can I influence other people to enroll them into their visions, whether regardless of what other sales or leadership job you're in, how, how can I lead these people correctly by, by asking great questions or how can I um, lead my prospect to making the correct decision that's right for them. And as well, um, we go into wealth and individuals relationship to money, because I think that is such a key topic to let go of. There's a lot of, uh, I'm going to call it negative programming, uh, negative programming around money that um, I feel like there, there, there's, a reason why if I showed you a suitcase of a million dollars in cash, why there are a lot of people that would start drooling over that cash, right? Because we've been programmed to drool over that cash. Um, but in reality, what is that cash really? You know, it's, I'm, I'm, I ask a lot of questions around shifting the paradigm of people's relationship to money so that they can then go out and, and make the money that they want, but not being super attached to it either. Yeah. So that's what the course is about. And I think it's really important. And to your second question, for me personally, I've had an, uh, I'm going to call it an unorthodox professional life post-college, right? You've, you've heard the story about Abundant, moving, moving to the e-commerce company uh, with some guys that are my age, um, right? And then, uh, you know, ultimately jumping into this business. Um, and so that's pretty unorthodox. I feel for those out there, um, that are that are in their role right now, and they're asking, "Man, do I need to just quit my job? Do I just need to flip the switch? You know, I have I have a wife, I have kids, I can't just quit my job." The big piece here is that I want to the point I want to hammer home is it's not a black and white thing. It's not an all or nothing thing. You know, not everybody's going to. In fact, a majority of people are not going to just leave the job they're in to start their own company. There will always be probably a vast majority of people in larger corporations working for other people. But the big question then becomes, okay, how can I live in my gifts more in this current role? How can I, for example, if I'm a connector, you know, if I, if I have a really, I'll, I'll use the, the example of uh, investment banking or even sales, you know, in investment banking, things could get really, really, um, really technical when you start talking about numbers, right? The same thing could be true if, if you're in SaaS sales and you're selling, selling um, you know, some sort of CRM, for example. You know, those sales cycles get very technical. You need to throw on a CTO, a CEO on the conversation. You might be speaking a whole other language on that conversation that somebody outside um, that, that doesn't know that product. For me, for example, I work in multi-carrier shipping APIs, right? I, I, I do the e-commerce business. You know, that, that is a, a, a totally different sort of shift, but how can I, if I'm, if I naturally am like a connector and I like to speak to people, how can I connect with this person at a deep level while also working in a very technical sale or in investment banking? How can I really connect with this person at a deep level while also talking numbers and, and talking about discounted cash flows? So how can those gifts be illuminated more so I can feel more fulfilled in what I'm doing? Number one, the second piece is how can I connect this to a greater vision that's more than just a number? How can I really, for you, I know, for example, 
you want to jump into leadership. You know, a lot of people's natural gifts are to jump into leadership. It's like, all right, how can I really um, go full in on this while also realizing that my vision is to be a VP of sales one day? So it's connecting to something bigger um, that's a lot more exciting, that makes you a lot more excited to get out of bed. And it does not require uh, switching roles or, or, or switching industries. A lot of times, sometimes it does. And sometimes it does. And, and, and those questions unfold for you. But it's, uh, I think it's the connecting to the vision and living in your gifts that's really important overall. And if that, if that means you're, you're staying in corporate and climbing up the corporate ladder the whole time, that's totally fine. Um, so long as you're connected to those two things. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love that perspective because to your point, you know, at, at any given point, at least for the foreseeable future, I see a, a vast majority of individuals, you know, staying in that realm, you know, staying in, in the corporate realm or just working at startups and working for other people. Um, but to your point, you know, finding that connection to the larger thing, the larger impact, uh, and even the line of questioning that you were talking about, about money, right? Like if it is the number that pulls you, but then it's like, why is that number pulling you, right? Like getting to that deeper thing. And if you connect to the deeper thing, and then the other point about eliminating the gifts, I think that's, 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 um, a great point as well. And, it, and, you know, really quickly, as we come close to end the gifts part, you know, because we were talking about the gifts versus the talents and talents can, you know, you can acquire them over time, like you were acquiring finance talents, but that didn't really mean that you're, you know, eliminating your gifts, you were just, you know, um, it was a talent that you had acquired. So how does one go about that, right? Is it, again, the line of questioning that you were, you were saying earlier, like, how does one identify their gifts? Yeah, I think it is. I think it is. I think it's, it's, uh, it's asking yourself um, big questions like the ones I've posed in the past. And it's also being very, very honest with yourself too. So for me personally, and, and that's an extreme example, you know, I, I grew up with um, the stock market and I was, you know, I could recite a lot of stocks and why I think they go up or down for very logical reasons in that interview. Um, but remember at that point, I didn't really enjoy talking about them, but I was pretending like I did. And I was fortunate that that was pretty new to me. But if you're 10, 15, 20 years uh, in a business of what you're talented at, some skills you've acquired over time, you can get numb to the fact that this isn't really my gift because you've done it over and over again. So you're like, okay, this is my life. I'm not super happy. I'm not super fulfilled, but this is my life. I'm good at it. I'm confident in it. And so I'm just going to stick with my talents. Gifts are the way I like to define gifts are what brings me joy. So what do I love is a big piece. And then what brings others joy and impact? And so if I'm naturally in the flow and things are effortless for me, for example, in, in, in rolling people into their visions, that for me is really effortless. And I found that it makes a really great impact on others. And so when that's the equation and there, it's, it's, you can feel the high vibration during a conversation like that, that's when you sort of know through experience that, that is, that's what you want to get into. So I think it's answering those two questions. Uh, what do I love and what does the world need right now? And it's, it's circling. And then also what, what can I get paid for and, and what am I good at for sure? So I think it's the intersection of those four things. And if once you intersect those four things, you'll find, 
okay, these are my gifts and you'll, these will continue to unfold. And then, you know, this is the impact. The impact is already there um, as well. If you answer those four questions, yeah. so it's, it's a really good point. Yeah, no, great. I, I, I really like that. And I, one thing I wanted to point out really quickly as you were talking is that, you know, this will also change and evolve as you change and evolve, right? Like as you, to Brian's earlier point, as you experience your body experiences, new experiences, your perspective is going to shift because you will have met different kind of people. You will have had different kind of experiences. So, you know, it's never, um, you know, from my perspective is never a one-time thing that you've done. And then, you know, you're, you're set for the rest of your life, you know, and, and, and there's never, you're, it's never too late to circle back on that. Right. So if you're 45, you can still ask those deep questions and then identify like, what is it? Is it a shift in perspective? Is it a shift in jobs? Is it a shift in, you know, complete professions? Is it, you know, starting your own thing? Like whatever that is, but it, it can only come from you. Like nobody can give you that answer. Uh, but I love the conversation today, Brian, because it, it's, it is left to the listener, to our audience to take this back and ask it in their own way. Like what is, you know, ask those questions themselves. And it's a more of a contemplative mm-hmm. thing rather than, Hey, here's the answer. Go take and go take it. And then this is what you're supposed to do. Right. It's, it's always going to be coming back to you, but you just have to kind of make the effort to ask yourself those deep, deep questions. So thank you so much for joining us today, Brian. This has been a great conversation and sharing your journey and the journey that continues, right. This is only a, a, a dot in the, the whole dots as you were to be connecting them back. Um, but really quickly, where can people find you if want to find you i know you're new uh new to social media and you have you know as you're as you're starting out your business you're you're you know you're starting to 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 grow your social media presence so how can people uh find you if they're looking to engage with you or want to get engaged with the mastermind yeah definitely um new but definitely expanding quickly it's it's been a whole new uh whole new world for me which has been really exciting too um as as that's been opened up to me um you you can find me on tiktok at Brian J. Hines Coaching. You can find me on Instagram, Brian J. Hines Coaching. You can check out my website, brianjhines.com for a little bit more information on the Manifestation Mastermind. And feel free to, to shoot me an email too at brianjhines at brianjhinescoaching at gmail.com as well. Perfect. Well, thanks so much, Brian. We appreciate your time and thank you for, uh, thank you for your perspective. Appreciate yeah. it. Thanks, brother Tej. I I really appreciate you, man. And um, thanks for letting me uh, tell my story.